So to everyone who's joining the podcast for the first time, this is the Recipes for Success podcast that is being organized by myself, Annie DeGroot at Epivax and Katie Porter at Epivax. Uh, We have a very exciting set of topics tonight. Uh, First, I wanted to check in with everyone uh, to see how they survived the blizzard. Any, Any scary blizzard stories to tell? Parking. Parking is now scary. That's- <laughs> Parking is scary. <laughs> I shoveled. Do you guys have uh, snow machines? I noticed that it's mostly guys out there with the snow machines. Nope. <laughs> me, me, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good exercise. I put it on the app where I'm recording my exercise. They don't have snow shoveling, but they have snow shoeing. I figure it's sort of snow cool. Shoeing, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> So the, let's go with the purpose of this podcast, for those of you who don't know us already, is to talk about recipes for success. That means uh, women in biotechnology getting together in their kitchens with a glass of wine, cooking some dinner, talking about how to succeed in biotechnology. And also uh, another favorite topic of ours is food. So we'll have a cook tonight. Uh, we also talk about science, so we may uh, get into the immunology of COVID-19, something that's been fascinating us recently. Um, and let's uh, start by introducing the, the members of the podcast. So I'm going to start with the cook tonight. Viba, what are you cooking and introduce yourself? Great. Thank you, Annie. And uh, I'm looking forward to, again, the second uh, podcast of uh, since we started uh, so I am the chef for tonight, and I'm going to cook a few of the very simple Indian uh, meals which we make. And it's all for everyone who wants to get food in 30 minutes after you come back from work. And it can be done with an instant pot, and it's vegetables and proteins, but it's all vegetarian. So it's healthy and uh, not very oily, but it has uh, some very good spices uh, not the hot spices, but the ones which help you with your inflammatory responses or anti-inflammatory ah, responses. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and so I'll, uh, I also want to um, introduce two of my uh, sous chefs who are, <laughs> one of them is my daughter and the other one is also uh, a friend of my daughter's and uh, she's a vegetarian and they're both in ninth grade. So Lily and Mahika, if you want to come say hello to everyone, they are the ones who are cooking in the back. Great, 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 great. Are they future scientists as well? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so they, they have an interesting path to tell. Why don't you tell what you did in the summer? You ran a STEM we, camp. We ran a STEM camp in the summer. Very nice. Awesome. And Mahika, I think you have a LinkedIn profile if anybody wants to find her on LinkedIn, Mahika Jawa. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Lily, do you have one too? No. Okay. <laughs> but STEM club, uh, she volunteered in the summer and they ran small science experiments with help from the BMS scientists. So it was a very successful one week long camp. Awesome. And, uh, I'll quickly tell you what we are cooking because I have to start prepping it in the back and then we can, so uh, the, we are going to make an eggplant, but it's more Indian style. So it's roasting right now on the uh, gas burner. You can see that. And it has to roast from all sides. I just put a little bit oil and Mahika and Lily are prepping the bell peppers because we're going to put some stuffed potatoes in it and then put it on the pan to cook. And then we'll also start on the instant pot to make a lentil, uh, which, which we call dal. So we'll go through it. I will show you what we do, but you can carry on with the others. Viva, do you want to just introduce yourself scientifically? I'm uh, working at Bristol Myers Squibb. I lead the bioanalytical group there in the non-clinical disposition uh, for biologics. So uh, we are working with different modalities. I have a biochemistry PhD in biochemistry with an immunology thesis on uh, autoimmune diseases from India. And then I came here and did a lot of gene therapy research. And then I uh, went to Amgen and then Merck. And now currently I'm at Bristol-Myers. Excellent. Thank you so much. So we're going to go from you while you prepare your your pot, your hot pot. (laughs) Can I just ask, can I just ask Viba, will you send us the recipe when (laughs) this is Yes, that so Ma- Micah is in the process of making a recipe 
uh, book for all of us. So, uh, Annie, we will need your recipes from the first one, the celiac yes. mash, as well as the the pasta which you made. And she's collecting all of them. And but we will send you. Um, oh, that's great. Yes. Okay. Thank All you. right. So to go on in the, the, the introductions, we're going to um, introduce our special guest, Jennifer Calder- Calderini, sorry. And she goes by Jen. Jen, why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself? Sure. Um, so my name is Jen. Uh, I'm currently a senior associate scientist at uh, Pfizer in Massachusetts. Um, I was actually born here in Massachusetts, but um did my undergrad in Rhode Island and then my master's degree at the University of Georgia. Um, And I went straight into industry from my master's degree, but I was at a smaller company previously. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining tonight. And then, of course, uh, Sophie Tourdeau, please introduce yourself. Hi, Sophie. I work at Pfizer. Um, I joined Pfizer Four and a half years ago, and before that, I was in France. I was the big move to the U.S. to join my new company, and I lead the uh, Immunogenicity Sciences Group. Great. Thank you so much. Um, Amy Rosenberg. Yes. So, um, uh, hello, everybody. I, um, I have a medical background. Um, I worked for, um, I, I did a postdoc at NIH with Al Singer in immunology. And um, I um, worked then for FDA for 30 some odd years, um, doing both research and regulatory work and really focusing on immunogenicity of therapeutic proteins and I just joined Epivax in September and delighted. Um, yes. Great. Thank you, Amy. And last but not least, Katie Porter. Hi, my name is Katie Porter. Uh, I'm the business development manager at Epivax. I've been there for about five and a half years with uh, a lot of history uh, and education in biotechnology and on the bench, but now in the business side of things, which is a different a different beast in and of itself, uh, and getting my master's degree at Northeastern University for my uh, master's in business administration. So uh, a lot of different uh, expertise on the call, I guess. <laughs> Great. Great. Thank you very much, Katie. So Katie's MC. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're going to start with the topic that I think is very important for women in biotechnology, and that is um, <clears throat> how do we deal with uh, family responsibilities while we're trying to pursue a career in biotechnology. And that's why we have Jen Calderini on the, on the podcast today. Um, most of the members of this podcast do have children. Our, a lot of our children are older, so we can certainly pitch in and talk about uh, our ex- experiences and how we dealt with um, having kids and dealing with careers um, in biotechnology um, but we we did want to speak to somebody who's actually experiencing uh, young children, biotechnology, and COVID all the, at the same time. So we'll uh, we'll talk to Jennifer in a second. Um, I just want to share one story uh, that I think is is characteristic of my generation. I'm 65. My kids are in their late 20s, early 30s. I have two, and on snow days <laughs> like the one we're experiencing in the Northeast. Um, Today, if it was a work day and school was closed and babysitters were not available, frequently it was impossible to figure out what to do with the kids. Um, and so I, and because I was, I'm actually a physician, and on days when you have snow days, you are still seeing patients usually. And so I would take my kids to uh, work with me. I worked in a TB clinic. Uh, Obviously, I would not take the kids into the room with the TB patients, but I would put them underneath the desk. They were probably eight and four at the time. So the eight-year-old would take care of the four-year-old. I would give them lots of uh, fun books to look at, uh, food, and bribe them (laughs) so that they would behave. And honestly, uh, it's not an ideal situation. However, Um, I was the TB physician in the clinic, and so it was something that I had to do if I was going to be able to work. Um, 
And I've continued that uh, actually at my own clinic now where I run a free clinic for uninsured patients in Providence. We frequently do have uh, members of the team bring their kids in if they cannot find coverage. Uh, So it's not unusual to see children at the clinic. Of course, during COVID, it's a lot more complicated because uh, the consequences of even a minor exposure for a child can be significant. So I'm not saying it's ideal, but I'm saying that sometimes you have to do things that aren't optimal um, for one or two times. You might have to to resort to some some innovative strategies. But uh, so, Jen, do you want to tell us a, a recent story for yourself, if you have one that you'd like to share and how you're you're dealing? Maybe you should tell us a little bit about your kids first, how old they are and uh, what you do on snow days. Sure. Um yeah, so right now, actually, I only have one. Uh, his name's Nathaniel. He's uh, almost two. So I'm actually due with my second baby. Um, he'll be two when that baby's here. So um, obviously, he's, you know, they say the terrible two. So <laughs> uh, he's great. And, you know, he's very, I would say, um, you know, just just not so difficult to manage as as a two-year-old could be but um it is hard to work from home with him because just the age they're looking for you to you know pay attention to them 24 7 and and be on the floor playing with them and not just you know sitting them by the tv or something so I would say um it's the same today where we're kind of struggling and just seeing you know whoever we can get to come um, for things like snow days. Um, The one caveat is with COVID, and I'm sure we'll get more into this later. um, It's not, you know, like a once or twice a year thing anymore. It's, it's like every other week, there's something that is throwing, (laughs) throwing a wrench in the plans like this. So he does go to daycare. um, but there are daycare closures, et cetera. Um, and yeah, so the most, the most recent time we had a daycare closure, um, I was able to work from home, which is great. I am still at the bench, but we have days where there aren't experiments planned and we just have kind of data analysis to complete. And on those days, I'm able to work from home. Um, but again, it's not the easiest to get work done. I can't really do a call with him on it uh, mm-hmm. at this age. And so my husband is also full-time remote right now. And my mom and dad are actually full-time remote right now. Uh, They're not retired yet and they live 20 minutes away. So we've had days where, you know, there's four of us in a room (laughs) Um, (laughs) and we're just, you know, all right, who doesn't have a call? Who doesn't have anything right now? Well, just that person's on with him for 20 minutes and then we switch and... Um, yeah, so we talk, we've had a, yeah, we talk a little bit about having a network of support and it sounds like you have <laughs> a lot. I, I don't well, know how, yeah. I, I would love to talk to more women who don't have that because I, I really don't know how they survive. I wouldn't be able to get work done. Um, yeah, we or did if actually, I did, yeah, we did talk about it, um, recently and, it turns out that if you don't have a network of support from your family, you end up having a network of support from your friends. And they will be either the kids at daycare, their parents, or um, your kids' friends when they're a little bit older. Um, it, and it's inc- it's an incredibly important to have that. Uh, so network of support, yes. Sophie, did you want to add to that? You were the one that had the network of support, right? Well, stuff. I had my mom 30 kilometers away, friends, mm-hmm. not so much, sister, not so much. So I ended up having to take a day off and talking about employers. I don't think I've ever worked somewhere uh, when my daughter was little uh, where I could take her to work with me. Probably also because I always worked in a lab, so it was a bit difficult. Yeah, labs are in part. At the bench, I leave her in the office space. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing as well, being a woman in biotech for all this time early in your career when you're at the bench, or even later right. if you're still at the bench. That's, yeah. yeah, that makes it even more difficult. 
Well, child child um, care can actually help home at home uh, child care. So I think, uh, Amy, that was your situation, correct? Yes. Um, so my kids were in daycare, uh, but I, I did have a wonderful nanny um, who drove and picked them up and took care of them. The government is also really reasonable about the need for unscheduled leave. Um, so, you know, with bad weather and such like that, you could, you always, they either closed it. I mean, this is the days before there were, there were remote meetings. Um, but, um, you could also take unscheduled leave. So it was a very liberal kind of situation. Um, and I was lucky to have that kind of support, both from daycare places, which would extend their hours, um, and from this wonderful, nanny who has remained close to our family. So that was a Yeah, that's, a wonderful that's great. Thing. We actually did talk a little bit about uh, unscheduled time off and parental leave. And Katie, do you want to update us on that situation at Epivax? Oh, we talked about um, actually, yeah, unscheduled time off, and then also people uh, donating time off to other people. Um, and actually, we talked about it on the podcast. And then shortly thereafter, um, I was able to uh, to, uh, to take, make use of, of that policy, uh, a gentleman who works for me, uh, when he had a sudden adoption. So they'd been on a list for adoption for a very long time. And all of a sudden they were getting a baby in two weeks. And so he did not have uh, time schedule time available to take off. So, uh, myself and two other people donated time so that he got a solid six weeks of paternity leave with the baby. So, um, he's now back extremely appreciative that EpiVax has the policy and that we were all uh, willing to do it, which we certainly were. And so we're just happy that he was able to spend that time with the baby. So it is a very useful uh, policy to have if, if um, employers don't have it yet. It is something that they should. Yes. We'll see. Yeah, we- that's the, that's the other thing the government had was, was the ability to donate leave. Um, and it was a widely used program for some of the reasons you're mentioning, but also sick leave to donate to people who were undergoing medical treatment for something or other. So, yeah, it's great. All right. We need a little food update here. Update from Viva. Yeah. 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 Say. <laughs> so uh, we be- began, uh, we are just going to tell you what we did so that uh, we stay within the our time frame. So, so move the camera. So what Lily is doing, she is frying some onions in our wok. And uh, if you remember the roasted eggplant, we're going to remove the skin of it and mash it up. And she's going to put that in the onions. Lily, are you ready to put the tomatoes in that? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Put the t- so she had chopped some tomatoes and she's putting it in the fried onions. Um, just go ahead, put it. <laughs> And um, then we'll put some spices. So let's show, that's it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Viva, what do you do with the eggplant skin? That's so probably the, a... That's all blistered. So I just, we throw it away. It's all like carbon. And uh, so the, ah. uh, so it's called uh, this, uh, it's called the eggplant hash. And the the flavor comes from the smokiness of the, when you cook it on an open flame. So normally you would do it on a coal fire or something, but right now we just put it on the gas burner. Um, so it just blisters and you remove the skin and then the inside it's very smooth and creamy. And uh, we just mash it with like a potato masher or sometimes the kids don't like the fiber. So we just put it in the like immersion blender and I just make it very smooth. And so it's like a baba ganoush, but it's more... Indian spices, uh, so you can think of the texture of baba ganoush. Sounds um, delicious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, I mentioned it's one of the most um, favorite dishes in India. Where people eat it with uh, the roti or chapati, or they can eat it with naans or whatever, like bread. So the other thing which Maika is doing is again we put some cumin seeds. Maika, can you show the spice here? Yeah, I want to see all those beautiful spices. <laughs> so, I was about to say I, I mentioned that I'm pregnant so I think I'm gonna have to like go get Grubhub after this or something <laughs> <laughs> I got I some Indian food now <laughs> I wish we could ship the food to you because they're cooking so much 
so yeah so malka show the spices so this is a very typical thing in every indian kitchen it's like this small steel box with small containers with have which have the spices which we use every day so there's turmeric which is yellow there's red chili pepper there's salt there's also coriander or cilantro powder and then uh we keep some like the cumin seeds you can crush them and keep it or you can just keep them roasted and you put it in most of the dishes as garnish so she put some cumin seeds and the onion and potatoes yes my god son you're good uh and now she's frying those and we're going to stuff it back in the bell peppers and we're going to add these spices on top to flavor the vegetables the potatoes and then we'll stuff it in the bell pepper and then bell pepper will go on the it can either be baked or you can put it on the pan and then it will cook with the some oil mm. so i did see you put something in that pot before you started cooking the potatoes what was it was it butter or was it ghee oh you mean the instant pot no in the in the orange pot oh the orange pot was just oil vegetable oil and onions okay um, the, and um, and then she put some cumin seeds we, we don't put ghee or butter till for a little bit for the garnish on top for okay. flavor but most of the food is cooked either in olive oil or vegetable oil aha uh-huh. i'm i'm asking obvious for obvious reasons right cuz concern about cardiovascular disease and exactly. ghee. ghee is yeah. a problem yeah so now yeah, people love ghee now it's like a fad everyone yeah i know eating a lot of ghee but uh, in india growing up we would eat use ghee just for garnish it gives a very nice flavor but you don't have to make your whole food in ghee you can just and in, when you make the dal you make a little bit of a fried onions on top and you make that with ghee and then put it on top of the dal when it's So the last thing which I want to show you because we have to start the instant pot. Michael, can you take it to the the? So the instant pot is a blessing because we used to use like a pressure cooker and it was a nightmare. Sometimes the all the lentils will spurt out. So instant pot, you can cook your dal in literally like five minutes. And yeah. I'll show you. I'm making like four different kinds of lentils, and these are very much. very popular and they are very light to digest they are not thick like dal makhnis and which you get in restaurants and so there there's a yellow there's a pink and then there's a light green and mm. we mix it to make it together and it cooks really fast and it's so, highly uh but if they're lentils do you have to actually um let them if they're dry do you have or do you use fresh uh, not dry ones what do you do Yeah, so you get them as dry, and huh. these ones don't need to soak overnight. These are the okay. very thin ones, so they they just cook right away. Okay, great. Today we just soak them for like half hour, just so that it's easier. But normally, I quickly come, take it out of the container, put it uh-huh. in the pot, and then it cooks in like ten minutes. Looks fabulous. Yeah. Looks and fabulous. Some, uh, We're gonna. Pot, I put some onions already, so that you don't have to do it after. um yes. so you can just do everything together and then put the dal in and then put it for wow. 10 minutes of pressure cooking and it will be ready to go in 10 minutes looks delicious i think that jen is quietly ordering grubhub while she's sitting there <laughs> just texting my husband downstairs <laughs> so we're we're going to circle back to kids and biotech you know so uh jen one of the things that we talked about last time on the podcast and also in between is what do you do when you're pregnant at what point do you tell your boss because obviously you know it's it's a big deal you're going to take time off and uh maybe your boss is not so you know enthusiastic about it maybe your boss is on the phone is 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 Sophie on this podcast with you is she your direct yes she is ah <laughs> so maybe we'll get your perspective and then we'll get Sophie's perspective is that too crazy yeah that's great <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, um so again it's now happened um twice for me. Um and actually when I was interviewing for the new position, um I remember you know thinking that in the near future I'd be trying to get pregnant again and it was one of those things where I wanted to ask about what the benefits were like for parental leave and stuff but you kind of don't want to you know you don't know how the manager is yet so um I did end up asking I think I asked I think you were on the phone Sophie and I asked the recruiter but um 
Yeah, it's just one of those things that I feel like it shouldn't be weird to ask about. It's a benefit, but it's still kind of like you feel weird asking, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was definitely something I, I came across. And then when it came down to actually, you know, telling Sophie, um, you know, Sophie's great. <laughs> Can't have, I don't have anything bad to say. So, um, but I think I was about maybe like 14 weeks along. Um, and I didn't feel like I needed to, you know, wait a really long time because I was nervous or anything. I just kind of wanted to wait until I had had like the 12 week appointment where they say it's kind of safe to tell people. Um, so that was my rationale this time. I actually ended up telling my manager at my previous boss, uh, my previous job um, early. I told him at like, I think it was like 10 weeks because I was really sick. I've been super sick with both pregnancies. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was commuting. So I live in New Hampshire, but I was commuting into Boston for that job. And honestly, it was just really difficult. I was in the lab every day for that position. And it was sometimes like difficult to even like commute in. And I felt like I had to tell him early because I felt like my performance was just not what it normally is because I was so sick every day. And some days I was taking off. um, Some days I was like leaving early And I didn't want him to think I was just slacking off. I wanted to have, I guess, like have the excuse for it. Um, But again, it was kind of a difficult decision because it is really early and like you don't know how they're going to react if they're going to treat you differently or anything like that. Um, My manager at, at that position was really great as well. So I didn't feel, you know, scared or anything, but um, the company sometimes too like you're not sure how upper management like above your manager is going to feel about it and things like that so hmm. yeah it's it's always it's always like you're weirdly nervous even though you you shouldn't be but that's just kind of how I guess our culture is there's like this weird guilt yeah weird guilt right yeah. well men men get us pregnant so <laughs> but somehow so there should feel any guilt <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of sad that it's there. But and I think it is a strictly US thing. I mean, again, I, I would love to talk to people who aren't going through this in the US. But um, I do think you feel like it's something you should hide until you know, the last possible minute that you can tell mm-hmm. people. And then when you finally can tell people, it's like, you're wondering, are they, you know, are they going to think that I'm going to be performing less well at work or acting differently or wanting special treatment and you know even if you are really sick you feel like you have to like hide it and kind of power through and things like that right Jen did you so the second time was with Sophie right yes yeah did you feel nervous telling her yeah but I like I knew she would react fine but again it's like this kind of internalized Mm -hmm. like I like it's something you should be happy about and like I guess feeling like growing up here and and just constantly hearing about how you're you know you're not supposed to take sick days and you're supposed to kind of power through it's like this strange like internalized nervousness I guess when you so how much difference do you think it makes to have bosses who are women who have children so that was always the case with with me at, at uh, mm-hmm. FDA. And so it, there was always a, a, a very reasonable amount of support because they understood. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, I can imagine you can find some who don't understand and or who are, you know, um, too egocentric to extend, you know, reasonable kinds of benefits. But for the most part, um, you know, it, it was uh, a good thing to have women uh, supervisors who had kids and understood all of the issues. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think, I mean, I think that does make a big, I think there's like certain types of people where it makes a big difference. Um, If you've been through something, obviously you can relate easier. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, like I, I felt nervous, like not because it was Sophie, just because I'm pregnant, I guess. But um, <laughs> like, obviously, Sophie is really understanding and, and 
in terms of flexibility, you know, if someone's sick or someone has to like on our team has to leave to pick their kid up or something, it's, it's never been an issue um, at our work. So that's, I think it, it helps that we all have a manager who's been through it. And then, yeah, at my previous position, um, my boss was a, a younger man. Um, but I, some first, like some part of me thinks because he's younger and a man and hasn't been through it. Like, it's almost like the opposite where he, (laughs) he's like, I don't know what to expect because he was new to a management position too. So he'd never had a pregnant employee before. So he's like, yeah, whatever you need, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you're going through. So kind of just let me know. So I do, I think it could go either way. And I I also have heard horror stories about people who've had female bosses who either did or did not have kids and kind of had that attitude of like, well, I toughed through it. So you should, you know, type, type of thing. So I think it really depends on the person, but um, in general, it probably helps having someone who's been through it. Great. We should hear from Sophie to see what she has to say, either about peppers or being the boss of somebody who's pregnant. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Okay, peppers, fantastic. (laughs) They look really good. Um, Now, sorry, my phone was ringing. It was all over the place. Uh, Now, Jen, well, when she told me, I was super excited for her, very sincerely happy. And I think one of my thoughts that I didn't share with you, Jen, at at the time, I guess, was, oh, my God, she's been pregnant all along. And I could not support her because I did not know. Oh, wow. And I know the first three months, they are so hard that you're tired and everything. And yes, you can't tell anybody, can't tell at work. So... No, I'm super excited for her, but the funny thing, and she knows, I keep forgetting that she's going to be on maternity leave at some point. I'm not forgetting in terms of how I'm going to manage the workload, just forgetting. I told her, we're going to miss you. So <laughs> yes. no, it, it, it's, it's very nice. But I think we, we're also lucky because we have a team of, uh, of, of, of they all, <clears throat> most of them have kids and they have kids of young age. So they really support each other as well. They have their backs. So they know if someone needs to leave, even in the middle of an experiment, it's never going to be a problem. Someone else will take over. So they have kind of this support there as well within the team, which is, which is fabulous. It's wonderful to see. Yeah. Talk about a network of friends. You need a network of coworkers. Yes. Yeah. Thinking about that. Yeah. Amy, Amy had something she wanted to add. Amy. Oh, I, I just was going to say, I'm not surprised that Sophie is so wonderful. We all oh. <laughs> remember this is going to go public. <laughs> no, but you know what? It's like, I did. What could be bad? Exactly <laughs> blush. Let's talk, let's talk about that really weird thing that is happening on this. Yeah, street. what is happening? Yeah. Is that the eggplant? That's the eggplant. Yeah, she's taking the, the skin off the eggplants because it was all charred, and she's going to put that in the compost, I'm sure. Uh, look at that. I mean, one big eggplant turns into nothing. The, the lesson I learned while I was uh, learning how to roast eggplants is that you start with three or four, because if you're going to have enough to feed your guests, you actually have to start with that many. They are delicious, though, if they're roasted. Mm. So um, I was actually I wanted to share that I had a, a graduate student just uh, schedule a private uh, call with me on Zoom. So this is maybe a, a lesson for for future biotech uh, women. She said she wanted to she didn't want to talk in group meetings. She wanted to talk with me privately. And so we got on Zoom and she said I had a life event and I said, you're pregnant. She said, how did you know? And I said, well, you just got married about a year ago. So I'm just guessing, you know. (laughs) And so we it was really nice because we had a chance to talk about what it's like to be pregnant. Turns out she was really sick like you, Jen. She had a lot of uh, nausea. She wasn't eating anything. She'd lost like 10 pounds already. So we had a great talk about, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and then you get pregnant and then you're fine. And then you have this great little, you know, passenger with you all the time I used to just feel so great about that I worked in a prison at the time and so when I was working at the prison doing HIV care I would come in pregnant and and I my my patients just loved it they loved the fact that I was pregnant and you know (laughs) and of course that interfered with my OB appointments as well so 
uh, I had the, the ultrasounds actually at the prison so that I could check on the baby's growth, but, <laughs> but it's really, it's fun, right, Jen? It's really nice to be pregnant. It's, it's fun to have a pregnancy and you go to work with your baby and you, you take the baby everywhere after the baby is born. It's more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, well, I, I have not enjoyed either pregnancy, but, um, I definitely like, I, I tell everyone there's like a golden window in the second trimester when you're not that sick anymore. And then you're not super fat yet. So that is like my, okay, I kind of like being pregnant and then, yeah. And then you're, then you're huge. And, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, no, I think it definitely gets more complicated once the baby's here. And obviously there's like, there's no way to describe it to people unless you're in it. Um, and again, like COVID just, kind of made that even crazier, but here's me doing it for the second time in COVID. So yeah, yeah let's <laughs> yeah. talk a little bit about that. Cause I think that uh, as a boss, I can definitely see that some of the women that work with us at Epivax have kids and, you know, I admire their uh, resilience because they'll be presenting to a client on zoom, a very complicated story and the kids will come in and, you know, uh, this particular person will go, excuse me one minute, I'll be right back. She'll turn off the video, be gone for about 30 seconds or less, maybe 10 seconds. What do you think, Katie? It's really quick. Yeah. Sometimes and- she's good. <laughs> she's quick. <laughs> and she comes back and there's no kid anymore. So I don't know if have you had that experience, Jen? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, it's usually because someone else is here. <laughs> or he's napping. Like I've, I've happened to luck out and like a lot of my meetings have just happened to be when he's napping. So that's like always great, but yeah. Um, again, it's, it's all about that network. So I think if you were by yourself, um, it would be really difficult without bringing in like in-home care, like Amy was talking about, because, um, yeah, if you're on a call or something, I mean, you can't control if, if your kid's fussy that day and just really wants, you know, to be held for, you know, hours. (laughs) So. And you've escaped COVID so far, so you haven't had it at home and your kids. Yeah, that that we know. I mean, since testing has been available and everything, and he's had his daycare has had a lot of cases and, you know, cases where he had contact with people and we've tested him and he's been negative so far. So he's actually, it's really sad. He's like, he has PTSD when he like sees Q-tips now because he's had so many COVID tests. I feel so horrible, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a weird world right now, but yeah, um, yeah, I mean, it's, we've escaped it and, you know, obviously my husband and I are vaccinated and we'll get him vaccinated as soon as possible. Um, Hopefully it, it won't be too much longer, but again, it's, it's hard because and I've seen a lot of articles on this recently, a lot of the the world is kind of moving on and saying, well, if you want to get vaccinated, you can get vaccinated and, you know, severe disease is decreased, but um, there's still populations out there that can't be vaccinated. And it's oh kind of like, you know, we have to still be careful. We still, we still don't go out to eat indoors. You know, we still don't like to take him to the grocery store and things like that because, you never, I mean, he is, again, he's probably going to get it at daycare if he does get it, but that's one thing we're not willing to yeah. to give up right now. Yeah, it's really scary. So Viva, you have kids in school. How's your household doing? So thankfully, they are grown up enough that I don't need to monitor if they're getting on their computer screens during COVID. We're back in school now, so it's been, they have been going to school since um, last October. So, so it's it's the same as usual. It was it's uh, back to the pre-COVID times. Uh, so I just have to worry about bringing them from their activities, and they get their homeworks done in school nowadays. So we don't have to worry about that. So the main, uh, like when they grow up, they have to be taken to their extracurriculars, which is a lot of investment. My son goes for a music. Uh, like a orchestra practice, which is one hour away every Tuesday. So that's like a lot of time commitment. We leave at five and we won't come back till 10 o'clock in the night. Um, so so he's all into the music. There are four different practices in the week, one in New York City. So 
there's no downtime for us, although weekends and the evenings are taken in that. Same from uh, Micah, she does fencing, so she's doing her tournament. So she comes back in the night late. So it's, it's business as usual, I guess you get used to it, but uh, you have to just make sure they eat at the right times and then they're gone and then they come back and they have to do their homeworks or other activities. So it's different kind of stress, but uh, it's a lot of good proactive time management needed, which they have to learn anyways if they have to go into college soon. That's great. Yeah, but where are we with the food? I see the peppers are stuffed and on the stove. The peppers are stuffed. They are Julie, can you show them how they're looking? So I put them in a uh, like a saute pan and they have to yes. cook on all sides um, because the peppers were raw. The, yes. So they're, yeah, so they're cooking and we'll blister them from all sides and then they will be cooked within like five, 10 minutes. You have to keep on moving them to do that on all sides. Yeah. And then, then the next thing is the eggplant. So we made the tomato and the onion thing and eggplant is mashed. Oh, and yeah. it's going to go into that tomato and onion mixture. And then we are going to just uh, let it mix with it well. So the flavors come together. I already put the spices in it, like some turmeric and some cilantro powder and a little bit of chili pepper because none of the uh, my family can take the hot uh, <laughs> spicy stuff anymore. <laughs> so wait, so, so Viva, is the doll already cooking? So the lentils are yeah, cooking dal. and you're going to add that? So dal is separate. Uh, it's ah. cooking in that instant pot. And so the way the Indian, it's called the Indian plate, like a, it, it has a small amount of protein which comes from the dal. Then you have a vegetable. Then you have something we call the pickles. We make, we have pickles which we make separately and they are preserved. So uh, it's called the Indian thali. Thali is a big plate and you have small portions of all of this, like uh, one vegetable, one yogurt dish, some rice, uh, some chapatis, like, you know, bread, and then dal, and uh, then you will have a sweet. So you, the Indians always have some sweet to end the meal. So you'll have like a rice pudding or some kind of a mm. semolina. It's called halwa. So something to end, and then you always have some tea as a digestive. So it's like made with cloves and cinnamon, mm. and that's how you end your meal. Mm. So... So, so that's why we make like my, like my husband will always say if I make like only two dishes if someone is coming it's like oh it doesn't seem enough like you know it took so much time to make it but it's like <laughs> okay it doesn't seem like it's enough you have to make a couple more dishes and so in the end we always have like three vegetables a couple wow. curry dishes and then uh, but as you see everything can be done in parallel so you can make wow it yeah. So the so sorry the eggplant is going with the tomatoes and onions that's one and the, yes. the peppers that are stuffed with the potatoes that's another and the dal is another and you probably have yogurt already prepared and yes. the pickles prepared okay cool great yeah. and then we'll make some rice the boiled rice because mm -hmm. dal and rice go well and you can make chapati too but then I think when, when we can meet one time together, then I'll make the chapatis in person. Deal. I know. We need to do this <laughs> in the summer. Yeah. So I, I wanted to actually, so one of the topics we had tonight is what are the things that you cook quickly when you come home from work? Because you have to feed the kids and you have to make something that you like and you know is healthy uh, in, in 30 minutes. So you just told us what you make, Viva, but maybe we could hear from everybody else. We'll start with Sophie because it's always a, an interesting story to hear from Sophie about her quick comfort food. Comfort food, Sophie, what do you do? Well, so, okay, so first of all, I do not cook, but I've been trying to learn and practice because I know at some point here is going to be my turn. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm getting there. So all to say that meal that can be prepped in thirty minutes. Well, my daughter's been raised on pasta, pasta, ketchup, cheese on top. She loves it. Or even try wow. rice, ketchup, cheese. <laughs> she likes that too. Uh, no, I also no. We we had lots of soup. Um, I can't even remember because that's so bad. <laughs> but but it was never. I never bought anything that was a ready meal, something full of salt and fat and frozen. 
So I would buy frozen stuff, but it was frozen stuff that I could mix and it was all natural. And so like the soup, mm. just vegetables. And, well, good. Well, it's so good to know that, t- that ketchup is a vegetable, as they used to say. Ketchup is a vegetable. <laughs> that was the, only, the only thing that I was, that was kind of okay with. I wanted her to have anything to eat. The thing is that she <laughs> has not changed. So it's very easy for me. Oh, yeah, I cook, I cook something for her. So if I try to cook, she doesn't like it anyway. She won't eat it. So I find myself with my nice, I mean, maybe not so nice. That's why she doesn't eat. (laughs) (laughs) But so she asked me, oh, can you you cook? Can you make some pasta the other day? And I said, oh, but you want a a pasta with omelette? Because that's something that my mom used to do. Ah. And then you have leftovers. Then you fry them. Yes. And then you put that, you make that into an omelette. So I And I didn't burn it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Pasta omelet. I I made those in Italy when I lived there. But yes, that is a real thing. uh, They're good. And of course, ketchup. 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 (laughs) I won't try it anymore because she would ruin everything with ketchup anyway. (laughs) Put it in. Okay, Amy, what's your comfort food? So um, when I started uh, living on my own in in medical school and such, um, I found this wonderful cookbook by Marcella Hazan. I don't know if you guys know her. She's uh, a wonderful Italian chef, and she's written many books. And the beauty of her recipes, most of them, is that they're quick. So you could put together a tomato, basil, garlic sauce in... 20 minutes. Um, and it, you know, it'll be finished by 30. So talk about pasta. So you add, add that. But mostly what I try and do is cook over the weekend so that I have things that can just be heated up. Um, and, and that I think really, uh, that helps. Also, you know, you can broil fish very, very quickly and, and apply a, uh, you know, a sauce you can make, again, a Marcella Hazan sauce called um, Salmariglio sauce, which is a olive oil, lemon, thyme sauce um, on, on top of broiled fish. It's, it's absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, so. so so we'll have to get you to cook that for us. Okay, yes. We're going to do comfort food, Katie Porter. Um, well, I, I, I'm, I live alone. So <laughs> I don't cook very often, um, but I'm, I'm lucky enough to uh, share a two family home with my mother. And I, uh, I do have her making lots of comfort food, food downstairs for me and my brother who also lives downstairs. And recently I did have COVID and I was, I was very sick. And um, my mother joined a soup group just so she could make me as many different types of soup as she possibly could in the five days that I was in. Oh, <laughs> your mom is a saint. Oh my God. So oh. my, my comfort food comes right from the source, I guess you could say. That's so sweet. Okay, Jen, Jen, we're running out of time. So we want to hear your comfort food. What do you cook when you, you come home? The kid needs to eat. You just got home from work. What do you cook? <laughs> I am the eater. I do not cook. <laughs> I'm like Sophie. I'm so I, I grew up, my mom worked all the time and, and I just never really learned. Um, but I love eating. Like I would, when I lived alone, I would get takeout all the time. So uh, my husband loves cooking. So I lucked out. That's probably like half the reason I married him. Um, but yeah, so he'll, he'll make, um, he does the big batches on the weekends as well. And one of our go-tos is just, um, anything on the grill with like roasted potatoes. So he'll do either like salmon or uh, chicken thighs is a big one because the breasts can get a little dry, but like the thighs are so good. Um, so anything like that. Um, yeah. And, and we love the instant pot too. So uh, I was glad that Vipo was you know, <laughs> uh, talking about it. We'll, we'll do like mac and cheese or pastas like in the instant pot and like they take 15 minutes it's really fast. Okay, so I'm going to tell you mine, and then we're going to go around the room here and and talk about the last thing, which is what's your go-to for joy during the pandemic. So think about that, and I'll tell you what mine is. So 
I lived in Italy for about a year when I was 17. And one of the things that my hosts made, I was the au pair girl for this uh, couple, uh, is carrot sauce. They would take onions and then fry them with carrots that are like, you know, in, in those rounds and then add tomato sauce and put it in the blender. And I served that with pasta. And then I would, uh, for my kids, I would, I would, uh, I would um, steam some broccoli. So those three things, the really orange, beautiful sauce, the pasta with Parmesan, and then the broccoli, that was the, the perfect meal for the kids. They ate that a lot, a lot. And so that's my comfort food when I come home and I want to cook something healthy and beautiful. That's what I cook. So now we're going to do joy. We have just a few minutes left. So we're going to go around the room and, and ask everyone. Doesn't have to be um, a thing. It can be music. It can be a podcast. It can be whatever your child. It can be your dog. Whatever you think is something that you'd like to share with us that, you, that has been really a, a bit of solace during the pandemic so far. So all you big biotech mavens, now you can share your joy with us. Vibba, you start. <laughs> I like to wear, uh, go to the wineries. Um, and so, I, and in fact, I, it was funny when we bought the house in New Jersey, we didn't know there was a winery right across. I would <laughs> never have thought that in New Jersey, I would find this huge winery and they have all these wine events. Because that was the first thing that I was like, oh, my God, I'm coming out of Southern California. And we had this wine club membership. And now we have nowhere to go. So, yeah. So visiting a winery any time of the year, that's what I like to do with my husband, actually. Wow. Great. That's convenient. (laughs) There's one in Southern Rhode Island. Maybe we should uh, do a podcast at the winery. Let's let's think about it, Katie. All right. All right. Okay, Jen. Uh, yeah, so actually the pandemic has kind of helped this, but uh, my husband and I, one of our hobbies is uh, like hobby farming. So he's kind of the plant guy. He has a huge garden um, that we all kind of help out in. And then I really like animals. So um, we have two dogs and we have a flock of chickens. Um, oh. Someday I hope to have goats, but maybe after the, the next newborn. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, so we've had a lot more time because we've been working from home more and it's been great. Great. Awesome. Sophie. Jen, do you sometimes have extra eggs? <laughs> yeah, they, they slow down a little bit in the winter, but in the, uh, in the summer we know, should have extra. <laughs> now that you know that I can't, I, I make omelets. <laughs> yeah, I'll just leave yeah, them on your desk. You know some, uh, <laughs> some common ground here on the eggs. There you go. I'll leave some on your desk in the summer for sure. <laughs> yeah, we usually give them to our neighbors when we have extra, so I could definitely bring them in. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, okay. Joy, Sophie, joy. Joy. Okay, I'm going to confess something that started during the pandemic, but be aware. It's, I mean, okay, I have no shame. I have to say, <laughs> I, <laughs> I started to buy uh, toys from my childhood. I don't know. I, I didn't know that they would be so popular in, in the US. They're the German toys, the Playmobil. I don't know. Ah, if uh-huh. guys, like plastic yeah. guys. So, and, and it's funny because the ones that I really, really want to buy again were the one, the, the, the construction work, the road work. Huh. <laughs> that was my thing. Wow. So I looked everywhere. So on eBay, on Etsy. <laughs> And even and even on the French mm. website, so I had some delivered from France to France to France and to my niece. They all have little pieces here and there waiting for me. <laughs> so to the point that my daughter said, "Mom, I think we're good now. I think we." <laughs> uh, so I my resolution for February. That is so cool. I I probably threw out about you know 150 pieces of Playmobil. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry to say that, but it's true. That that and those baseball cards that he was collecting. Imagine. I'll never hear the end of that. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so that brought me a lot of joy. And I also bought new ones that I'm going to keep for Siham's children. And because yes. for them, but I'm going to keep them in the box in case they get really expensive because I saw the one. I might make a lot of oh. my, my COVID Playmobiles, the new ones. 
Wow, COVID Playmobiles. Okay, cool, Sophie. That's a new, a new, new uh, aspect of you that I had no idea about. I know, I know, I know, I know. But Same. I won't tell anyone, Sophie. <laughs> okay, Amy, Joy. Well, I don't know if it's joy. I think it's just inducing endogenous endorphins. And uh, that is, uh, I, I'm in a yoga group, which has a Zoom meeting every day at 530. Mm-hmm. And yoga makes you feel wonderful. Um, but also keeping up the swimming uh, and and reading good books. And I think that's, uh, and cooking. Cooking. <laughs> Food. Food. Food's <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, good. Great. Thanks, Amy. Katie? Uh, Yeah. So uh, prior to the pandemic, I lived alone uh, in uh, a condominium on my own. Uh, My mother had uh, the big house we grew up in. And right before the pandemic, we bought a home together. Uh, My brother also uh, was doing his own thing. Uh, When the pandemic hit, he came to live with us as well. So I think my favorite part of the pandemic was family and having everyone right here um, not what I had anticipated at all. My mother had anticipated, um, because I travel a lot with EpiVax, my mother had anticipated being alone in this big house by herself. And then she was in the house with me and her, and my brother totally unexpectedly. And they and brought, dog. And they brought, <laughs> and both of our dogs <laughs> and they brought all the joy. That's, that's definitely, uh, the, the best part of the pandemic for me. Great, great, great. And mine has been Jack. <laughs> yes jack, jack the whack or happy jack also arrived right before the pandemic yes he <laughs> arrived in november and yeah. we were shut down in you know basically in march so he's uh been just the best couch potato zoom buddy you could ever imagine and uh he gets me out every day three times a day uh and used to go running with me um so running is the other joy that i have in life and then of course the last thing you guys already know is bts i'm a <laughs> huge bts fan and it's it's been an amazing journey to get deep to be on i actually found out one of the reasons i like them so much so if you don't know who they are they're a boy band from korea but the it's the fashion sophie it's the fashion <laughs> It's it's like the clothes that they wear are unbelievable. Fine. Check it out. Check it out. Okay. I'll have, I'll have <laughs> so I also love fashion. Just like you love Playmobil, I love fashion. <laughs> so that's my secret. Now it's out. You cannot mention it ever again. <laughs> oh, All right. So if that probably wraps it up for today. Let's, I, check, I don't... In Let's check in with Viva. Oh, Viva. And the food. She said joy. Yeah. Oh, the food. Yeah, Tell us about the food. <laughs> it's, it's ready. Everything is ready. So Yay! can you guys show the bell peppers and the eggplant? And then dal, we are taking off the pressure of the instant pot. Great. I can't we wait to get those recipes. Lily, we are so... Yeah, she's doing that with her sleeve, I noticed. Lily. <laughs> oh, look. Wow, nice. Okay, cool. So the peppers... Peppers. stuffed peppers in a in a casserole pan i never knew you could just cook them as, as stuffed in the pan that's like something totally new to me so just, and you're just softening up the peppers the fresh yeah peppers. oh yeah, yeah. That's that's cool okay great well we want that yeah, one too micah started making the rice so that will be yeah. ready in 10 minutes so. great just like regular indian basmati yeah. so. and where's your doll did the doll get finished in the... Yeah, doll is done. We will, uh, I'm releasing the pressure on the instant part. It's okay. all done. But let's okay. look at the eggplant. Tomatoes. That's our, Ooh, uh, there's, there's something very orange in there. What is it? It's all the tomatoes. Mm. Ah, beautiful. And then we put like some cilantro leaves. And yes. then I put green peas. So most of the Quinoa. time, the, the green peas frozen so you can just put them up at the very last five minutes of cooking into the eggplant with the tomatoes and onions so that's one of the Mm. uh, it's considered one of the good combinations with the eggplant Viva are you going to put that over the peppers or is it just kind of on the side side okay everything is on the side bell peppers are on their own separate Uh, 
uh, eggplant is on its own, dal is in a small bowl. Okay. And you have rice and then you put the dal on the rice, you mix it and you put these veggies with it. You can mm -hmm. eat it as a second bite or third bite and you can have some bread with it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. All right. Wow. Let's see the quickly the dal. That's the okay. Yes. And right. this will all cost me like $120 on Grubhub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plus it won't like taste one of same. everything, please. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that looks I'll great. That. Yeah. Yeah, it looks so much better than when you go to the restaurant and get it. Honestly, Viba, I'm feeling like I want, I want Indian food too, but I know it's not the same. I'm coming to New Jersey. All right. Yes, we, we should meet and do a, um, a podcast from here, from my home. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Well, so we should thank your two helpers, Lily Michael Michaela. Yes. yes thank you so much. Lily uh, and Mahi, you want to come and say bye to them? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can just let it be. You just say hello, bye to everybody. Okay. <laughs> thank you, you so much for your help. Thank, thank you. you. And we'll say thank you, Lily. And we'll say thank you also to Jen. Uh, thank you for sharing your story and telling us about what it's like to have kids and be a biotech uh, aficionado in the middle of the COVID pandemic. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's thank a lot you. of fun. Thank you, Jennifer. All right. Have a great evening, everyone. It was delightful right. as usual. See thank you next time. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye now. Bye. Bye.